In this episode of the Cubsman Podcast, we quickly go over the Padres series and talk about the next one against the Braves. Then we have a long discussion with Dom about our differences in how the Cubs are being managed. Welcome back to another episode of the Cubsman Podcast. This is the episode of the Cubsman Podcast. Yes, it's the episode. The biggest episode ever. Yes, and it took... A lot of tries to get it fully completed, to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Um, so, we will start out with this Padres and Brave series. But we'll try to skim through that quickly because we all know we want to hear that. Yes, nobody so, really cares about the Padres series. Um, yeah. The Cubs lost. And uh, that's all we're going to say about that. Yeah. Lost all four games, got outscored massively. Actually, the first game was the closest. Yeah. Well, second, or the last game, actually. Last well, game was a Wasn't the first run. game like 4-1 to one or something? Yeah, and the last game was 4-6. to six. Uh, Gomes homered okay. in the first game. Contreras homered in the second. He had two that game. Morel homered in the third, and he homered in the last one as well. But they lost all of them, so none of that matters. Uh, Hendricks pitched his first game in the while, and he did good, so it's a good sign there. Yes. Okay, now on to... And he will be gone very soon. Likely, let's see, today's the 17th, so we have... Hendricks? Let's think. We had one month. Talking about Hendricks? What? Talking about Hendricks? No, uh, Contreras. Oh, yeah. We have about one month and uh, two weeks, week and a half, and then he's gone. Just about uh, just a little over a month left of a great catcher and uh, someone that if I had my way, I'd, I'd keep him. Because why not? But, uh, yeah, I also just, think it just depends on now. how a draft goes. See if they get a catcher there. It's not a, it's not a horrible move to trade him, I guess. It makes sense. You can make arguments for keeping him and trading him. Yes, Gutierrez is very good offensively and best offensive season of his career. He's going to get paid. He's a great leader. He has all the intangibles, which is something that I think is really a huge part of the argument to keep him because it's like, you know, you can't always have the the leadership in every catcher that you have. You know, you might have the Cubs might get another good catcher down the line, but he might not be the leader of Contreras. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, he's a good offensive catcher, best offensive numbers of his career so far. Um, leader, Morrell loves him. Teammates love him. He loves it here logically would keep him, but then there's the argument like, well, he is 30 and his defense is pretty subpar and and, uh, you know, he has had injuries in the past and he might not age well at the catcher position, so that's a pretty terrible argument when I think about it, but they're just not <laughs> going to keep him, so whatever. Yeah, we did discuss that with Dom, though, so you'll be hearing a lot more on that. Yes, yes, yes. Pretty soon in this episode. 
Yeah, at the time of recording this, we're recording this like two days or three days after we recorded with Dom. So, yes, I forgot about everything we talked about. We're going to do that again, by the way. And uh, we're going to have all of you send in questions for Dom yes, to answer. We'll, we'll have that up at the end of the month. And I'll have some questions to ask Dom. Yes. Okay, uh, on to the Braves series now, which is the final thing before we get to Dom. First game's over with, but got two more. Uh, tomorrow you got Kyle Wright and Justin Steele. Yeah, so um, let's get our scores. How's Kyle Wright doing? I feel like he's doing well. He is doing well. <laughs> Very well. Uh, oh, God. Uh... Could go either way. Let's say... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, Let's say Cubs win 4-2. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we'll go both here. Cubs win 4-2. I'll say the Cubs lose 2-1. Okay. I don't think it'll be a super high-scoring game on either side. Mostly because the Cubs don't have an yeah. offense, but also I just steal has been pitching well. So. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Uh, in the final game, Ian Anderson and Kyle Hendricks, which the Braves last year were the biggest problem for Kyle Hendricks. All right, Cubs lose like uh, seven to three. Lord. I'm going. I feel like Austin Riley has a big game. Oh. I want to be optimistic here and say Hendricks turns it around against the Braves because he gave up like, uh, what was it, like 10 homes to them last year or something like that. Yeah, so. Uh, Seven, no. eight. No, we're not winning. I'm going to be optimistic and say he turns it around this year against them and say we win four to one. Okay. So, That's very optimistic. I guess it depends on if Gomes is pitching or not. Even though Contreras <laughs> caught last time, he pitched well, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, he hadn't pitched in about two weeks. He sucks against the Braves, though. Like to my knowledge, I'm not sure Hendricks has been great against the Braves. Not really. Yeah. All right. Uh, is that it? Yeah, that is it. Okay, yes, it's just the uh, short three-game series as opposed to the four-game series last time. So, the Braves have have 16 division titles in their history, which is interesting. Or no, is it 16? Because they have 14 in a row. So isn't it 18? Uh, I'm not sure. Let's see. They have the 14, I'm just reading something on Twitter. They have 14 in a row from 91 to 2005. And um, then they have 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, that's four, so 18. This person, this Braves fan, said 16. Hmm. Better check your math, bud. (laughs) Oh, well. Anyways, we should probably get off here so people can listen to Dom. Yes, it will be very exciting, and uh, you guys will like it. 
It is yeah, it's worth a listen. We're gonna do this again, and uh, yeah, it's worth a listen. Have fun. Yep. And now, what you've all been waiting for, Dom Frerick. Hello, Dom. What's up, guys? How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, Hello, no Dom. problem. We've been waiting for this for a long time. I'm sure a lot of people that. Listen to this. I've been waiting for it for a long time. Uh, Dom, yeah. do you want to just tell people, you know, who you are a little bit? Um, I am. I'm simply a Cubs fan who uh, has been on Twitter and social media for a long time, and uh, from that, I've kind of gotten a following, and obviously, try to well. For some, in some people's opinion, try to spin or uh, look at the Cubs in a more positive light. There's others oh, that might think differently, um, but more or less, just try to uh, talk about the team. I've been a Cubs fan all my life, and um, you know, try to enjoy what's going on with the team. Obviously, right now it's kind of hard to do with uh, the team being as bad as they are. But more or less, talk about the team, uh, find the good things that are going on, and kind of go from there. All right. And then you have the whole uh, the coffee thing too, right? The- uh, yeah, we've done the coffee thing for the last two years with um, Connect Roasters and Ian Happ being involved. Uh, and the money that we've raised from the coffee goes to – Greater First Sea Chicago, which is a nonprofit uh, youth golf organization for kids in the city and around the city who either don't have access to after school programs or want to get involved with golf or simply are looking for something to do. Um, and uh, I've really been happy with supporting them and you know having a partnership with them over the last couple of years. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, they've done great work, and luckily enough, Connect Grocers wanted to work uh, together over the last couple of years. All right. That's good. That's good. Coffee good? Is the coffee good? I think the coffee's pretty good. Um, I think there are other people with better palates than myself, but uh, more or less, I enjoy it. I think a lot of other people do, too. Well, good. Fair well, enough. I'm uh, not much of a coffee person, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who do like it. Oh yeah, and going towards a good was, cause, so was, it's good on you. I always think of coffee as like uh, I don't hear a lot of pe- a lot of like like not it's not like an old person drink, of course, but I just I don't hear a lot of people that are like you know in their teens or early twenties drinking it as much as people that you know are just. Older people, like I think, when you start working, that's when I seem to hear most people start drinking it just to like wake up in the morning, I guess. But I don't really yeah. know. I've never. I don't think I've ever even tried a cup of coffee. Well, um, yeah, you might. Maybe as you get older, and I know once people start going to college, they get used to drinking it just because of schedules and things like that. But uh, or you just don't have as much energy as you age. But yeah, people enjoy it and more happy about it. I guess Legion's going to have to try some of your coffee one day. <laughs> All right, cool. Hopefully we'll you like it. Uh, I hope I do too. All right, so we're going yeah. to talk about a lot of topics today. I think we covered just about everything. 
Um, we'll obviously talk about the Cubs, and we'll talk about um, yeah, pretty much anything but, we want to talk about in terms of how they run the team and the state of the team now, the future, the past, yeah, all that. Uh, main reason we're doing this is because of our dispute and yeah. differing opinions and how the Cubs are being run. Yes. Uh, Legion and yeah, I have fine. very different opinion than Dom here, and we'll just yeah. be discussing that because we've been yeah, doing it a lot on Twitter, and it's probably time to bring it to the podcast. This will probably. So then why don't you guys? Why don't you guys start off and tell me how do you think the team should be run, or how you? Uh, oh, like it's like how it's or... being run right now. I'm fine well, with how it is. You like how it's being run right now. Well, I mean that you know that's kind of With broad. The... Do, you, do you mean like the whole thing from the front office to David Ross, or oh no, to... <laughs> well I just meant like uh, front office. No, David I, Ross. No, I will actually. I... No, I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify by saying I'm not qualifying David Ross in this as much because I personally believe and have pretty good knowledge that most of the decisions that are being made, minus like bullpen decisions and specific in-game to in-game decisions uh, are really coming from Jed Hoyer. So if you're talking about like Jason Hayward playing as much as he is, or if you're talking about, you know, obviously calling younger guys up, what have you, most of that stuff is being decided by Jed and co. Jed and co meaning the front office. Oh, so like the lineup. Yeah, so the lineup. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Yes, but since you don't really want to include Dave, as much so let's just get that out of the way right now yeah and hear your opinion on him as a manager my opinion on david ross as a manager um i'm not gonna say he's the best manager but i also think he doesn't have a whole lot to use right now i mean he's um playing with pretty much a starting rotation who arguably is needing at least Two to three more legitimate starters. Uh, you have a starting yeah. lineup with how many guys have an OPS over 800 in this lineup? Two? Three? Who are they? Uh, Morel and Contreras? Hap? Morel, Contreras, and Ian Happ. Those yeah. are the three guys. Yeah. Uh, so you're not going to do that well when, you know, that's what I you're getting on a night in, night out basis. It's not so much as we're expecting him to make the team win. Yeah, just as much of some of the decisions he makes and his lineup construction, but also the bullpen. Like, yeah, yeah no, I get it. I, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying he's. Like, listen, well, I have nothing against State of Ross, like as a person. So I think every every Cubs fan loves State of Ross, but I just don't think he's fit to be the manager. No. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you know, I don't. I, I think my uh, my quarrels or my well, issues maybe, with the team doesn't really lie with David Ross. It primarily <laughs> lies with ownership yeah, or the decision-making uh, by Jed and the Ricketts family. I, I honestly – what's your problem with Jed, though? What's yeah. my problem with Jed? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, to begin, I think – I think there's a there's – a, There's not much bad you can say about him. He – did really well, well in all those trades last year. No, and I'm not saying he did poorly. That that's not I I, I don't have I don't have a problem with the trades he actually made. I more have a um 
I think an issue just with how a big market team is going about a second rebuild in the matter of one decade, uh, that's a lot of time to kind of throw. Um, I mean, though, if, if you look at it over the last 10 years, 2012, 2013, 2014, right? Um, and yeah. then 2021 and 2022 would make it uh, 11 years. So almost 40% this, of the I, time you've been tanking or punting on a season. That's a lot. Uh, and I think a lot of Cubs fans would agree, especially when considering how expensive it is to go to a game at Wrigley how expensive it is to bring your family there, how expensive it is to pay for concessions, so on and so forth. And granted, I know it worked out the first time. I am incredibly grateful for the 2016 team and really the golden era, uh, the core four, whatever you want to call it, over the last seven or so years. I'm incredibly grateful for that team, and I stood by that team throughout. Um, But at the same time, I think they're – should be a type of standard that is set here that the front office talked about for a long time, right? The new Cubs way, the new expectations, uh, all the quotes about being at the tops of payroll for the NL Central. Um, obviously, we've seen that not really hold true today. And when Jed Hoyer and the Ricketts family go on record by saying, hey, we're gonna, we want to compete in 2022, uh, we want to have a good team. We're going to try to put maybe not our best foot forward, but we're going to put a um, a proud, uh, distinguished, um, you know, solid group together to try to make it back into the playoffs and make it back into the tournament using the, the quote Jed used. Um, I think it's kind of disingenuous when you look at how they ended up finishing the offseason, how they're 15th in payroll, how they continue to play Jason Hayward, uh, all those types of things, you know, I, I think are troubling. Granted, I, I agree with you. I think Jed made the right moves at the trade deadline. Uh, I don't have a problem with him trading those guys. I just think there's a certain mm-hmm. expectation and standard that has to be set mm-hmm. when you're one of the most valuable franchises in sports. And the Cubs aren't holding uh, their end of the bargain on that right now. Going back to what you said about them saying that the goal is to compete. Yep. I, I don't know any owner or manager that's going to say different. Yeah, I mean, because, what else would they say? Would yeah. They, would they, I mean, I think when we had Theo Epstein back in, you know, 2011 when he first came over here, I and think about that rebuild, for... though, like, well, last, like the lat, the first rebuild, uh, I want to say the position we're in right now compared to the last one, it looks like it would look way better right now because we've already got a very good farm. And at the last time, like before, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but the farm right. wasn't as good, like at the beginning of that first rebuild. Right. Last time when the Cubs were beginning their rebuild, right, like when Theo Epstein came over here, the Cubs, I'd like to think of it, they were almost in like negative territory because yeah. not only did they not have a good uh, farm system, it was atrocious. And I, I don't, I would have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure maybe one person from their top 10 
top 30 list even like made the major leagues in some capacity. They also had like a terrible front office and like, you know, there were just a bunch of problems and the Cubs have eliminated a lot of those problems right now. They're in a much better situation right now than I think they were back when Theo Epstein was here in his first two years. So like, I know that on Twitter, Dom, you've been talking about like how, you know, I, I, I think you said something about how you feel like we're right back in 2012. And I think I kind of have to disagree with you there because yes, the Cubs aren't good right now. And, you know, a lot of the, you know, the top prospects are, you know, in the minor leagues. Not a lot of them are really ready to break through yet. However, back in 2012, the Cubs had to essentially wipe out all the, like, their whole farm system, rebuild their whole farm system first, put in, you know, new development systems, uh, you know, just, like, new talent evaluation uh, strategies, and had to, like, you know, figure out how they were going to do all that and then kind of infuse it with talent, like, you know, when they drafted Bryant and Schwarber, and it just... They, their farm was just completely barren. When I feel like right now, you know, we have a lot of hope in the farm system right now. So I don't think we're really in 2012 at all. I think we're maybe... Yeah, and the major league team isn't as bad as it was then either. Uh, got, no, it's, you're it's really, not. It's you're, you're, I think bad. you're kind of undermining the offseason we had too because you're mentioning 15th in payroll and how they didn't do more, but they spent, what was it, almost $200 million dollars yeah, it was yeah. 194 total commi- uh, 194 million to- in total commitments in the offseason. So, yeah, so without I, that, we'd probably be like 20th in payroll or so. Yeah, so, I, like, it's a good step forward. I, I get that. Like, I, I think a few things. To go back to what you were saying, all right, 2012, right? You're going back to 2012 with this conversation, correct? Yes. So, 2012, I agree. There are better. There's a better infrastructure in place. Obviously, there are better facilities. Obviously, the Cubs have a much better handle on how to develop, how to um, treat, how to teach, how to um, really cultivate a strong farm system now than they did in 2012. Yeah. Now, in mm-hmm. terms of actual talent on the field. Listen, you can go into the nuts and bolts. You can get into the nitty-gritty. You can, you know, pick with a very fine comb to try to figure out which piece is going to be better than that. All I have to say is this, is that 2012, the Cubs still had Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez in the farm system. Those are true. Those are two transcendent, transcendent Cubs, two guys that will go on to earn hundreds of millions of dollars in their that- career. Wasn't Rizzo in the majors? Yeah, they signed Rizzo like a nine-year extension. At the like beginning in of two, at the beginning of 2012, he was in the minor leagues. So then he came up. He was brought up in 2012, uh, and then went from there. Because remember, Jed didn't get uh, Jed and Theo didn't come until the fall of 2011. They then trade for Rizzo. Rizzo starts in Iowa, and technically, he was part of the minor leagues during that time. So, okay. in terms of how. In terms of how you're looking at it, if you want to look at it objectively, the Cubs have the same top 100 prospects in 2012 than they do now. Uh, I, would I don't agree, really though, think that I think I think it's a deeper system for sure now than it is before. Um, I think depth in the farm is kind of right up there. We're just I as agree. important as being top heavy. 
I agree, but when you just look at our rankings right now, we still have like a what 14, 15 farm system. It's not no. like we're top five. Well, that was in that was rankings are kind of. And also, I wouldn't yeah. really consider rankings to be the most accurate thing in the world because that's they fine. come out what every six months. That, that's fine, and I get it. But I, I think it's you... like a lot of our players in the farm are doing really good right now. I yeah, agree. Must... Yeah, I agree. But I think we can both agree that there are people out there that do, whether you want to call it the ranking or scouting for a living, and they spend a lot of tam- time watching these players. And I think there are enough uh, eyes and there are enough informed uh, people out there making these rankings or making these projections on players to where you kind of get a I... decent gauge of how the Cubs stand compared to the rest of the MLB. Wouldn't we agree with that? I, uh, yeah, no, I mean, pers- personally, I'm not a big fan of projections. I just like to see how things play out. That's fair. Well, here, because like here, how we've if, been... I, if I may, very quickly, right here, I will say that yes, the Cubs the rankings as they stand right now, they're typically updated. I think mid-season or so, as they stand right now, yes, the Cubs do have like you know a pretty mid middling farm system, and that dates back to like you know I think the last, I think the most recent rankings were March, late March, like right before the season began. Yep. However, since then. The Cubs on some lists, like I think uh, Baseball America updated their top 100 prospect list, and I think the Cubs now have four top 100 prospects instead of the two that they had before the season. So I think before the season they had Brennan Davis, who is hurt, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and Christian our, Fernandez. Our, our farm and, has one of the best records in all of baseball. I yeah, I agree. I agree. It does. But, you know, I think with the additions of Caleb Killian and Pete Crow Armstrong and you know considering Pete Crow Armstrong has been better this year than I think most people were expecting him to be I think we yeah. can probably expect the Cubs farm system to be closer to the top 12 if not solidly in that top 12 than the top 15 that we saw before the season began so that's why when it comes to farm system rankings this is just my opinion and we're not that's even factoring totally... in this year's trade deadline either oh I uh, agree yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I guess I, I, I think my point comes from what will happen in 2013, 2014. I mean, to get Chris Bryant in 2013, to get Kyle Schwarber in 2014, to get Ian Happ. I mean, those are three guys that would go on to have, I mean, arguably, I, I know people aren't a big fan of Ian Happ, but those are like legitimate. I think a lot of people careers. are fans um, Those are like. Popular, sure. Those are um, though th- that's something you can't really like shy away from, and uh, you know say, well, you know, I think we have three other guys even in the next two seasons to be able to say, hey, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have one guy that's gonna be uh, MVP, multiple All Star, you know, signs okay. a close to two hundred million dollar contract. I so, mean, there's some big; those are some big names. So. I think that's where I go back to it. I think it's, I think it's a little <sighs> naive to say the Cubs are going to be able to hit on as many prospects as they did going back to the last rebuild as they might potentially do for this next one. I, I, so wait, so you never know, but this up, one I, definitely does look a lot better than true, I, but back wait, then. I just wanted to clarify. So, Dom, essentially what you're saying is that, you know, you, you do like the farm system right now and it's depth. 
Yeah. But you don't see that, like, that Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber type guy in there. Is that kind of what you're saying? I mean, okay, if, if we're looking at it realistically, sure, Brennan Davis, he looks like he's going to be a great player. The back problem is definitely worrisome. Granted, I know it was just a uh, uh, vein issue or I mean, something. To be fair, Anthony Rizzo had a lot of back problems. Not this he, early, though. Not this early, though. And Anthony yeah. Rizzo was a much more seasoned prospect who had already had big league oh, time in San win. Diego beforehand. Right. Um, was, I agree. No, no, I, I do yeah. agree. I, I think I think the depth of the farm system is better. But yes. I think the stars – and we're not even talking about Addison Russell, right? 2015, oh, yeah. he comes Good up. Boy. He's the be- – like legitimately one of the best defensive shortstops that we've seen. Granted – his uh, time fizzled out, and obviously he made some bad choices, and he's had Major League Baseball now. But we can't forget how good he was for those first two years, locked down that position, and helped the Cubs win a World Series. So I think that's what I'm getting to is that I don't think every Cubs fan should expect that just because you rebuild that you're going to see the same fruits of your labor on the back end of it in a guy like PCA or Brendan Davis or Caleb Killian not doubting them, but also kind of just putting context that it's really hard to win and it's really hard to develop these stars over the course of, you know, five, six, seven years. Well, this kind of gets into what I was going, uh, just what you just said made me think of something. I think we were talking on Twitter recently about prospect blocking. And um, yeah, yeah, I think we were talking about that. And how you said, like, you know, yes, you know, you can't guarantee that every prospect is going to work out. Yep. Um, but by the same token, you that at the same time, you know, some of those guys will work out. One, you know, at least if I had to guess, I'd say bare minimum, like two, two, bare minimum of them really work out. And you don't know who sure. those guys are going to be. And because of that, I feel like you that kind of prevents you from going out and signing a big superstar. Yeah, and I, can't I get have. your point about the superstar. I get your point about, you know, six, seven, eight-year deals, and I, I totally understand that. This is kind of going to tie into the point you made about sign, uh, spending over the offseason $192 million or whatever it was. Um, yeah. I agree. Yes, of course, you're going to block uh, prospects if you do so, if you fill a whole team up. My point is this, right? Let's <laughs> think about all the – starts and all the at-bats that have been taken by mid-level veterans on this team. Wade Miley, right? Drew Smiley, Jonathan VR, Jason Hayward. Um, Who else? Andrelton Simmons, Frank Schwindel, Patrick Wisdom. You could go on for a few other names of veterans that have been taking at-bats and will continue to take at-bats on this team. My point is this, is that when you're the Chicago Cubs, you are a clearly a top three revenue-generating franchise in Major League Baseball, right? True. Yes. I think instead of paying Wade Miley for a you know a DFA pickup or um, Drew Smiley for a one-year deal or whatever – there are plenty of guys out there that could have helped this team that would have costed a little bit more, but could have helped this team. 
whether it be in starting pitching roles, uh, in other roles throughout the field, considering we are already allowing for multiple veterans to play on an everyday basis here in Chicago. So like Marcus yeah. Stroman? Marcus Stroman's a good example. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's I think it's a little um, short-sighted to say, well, the Cubs paid, right, uh, $190 million this offseason. Well, they also got rid of – they've gotten rid of John Lester, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, who is making $20 million, Javier Baez, uh, yes. Hugh Darvish. That, car, that contract was shed in the past. Um, yes. It's – it's all relative to where they stack up in the league. And you're right. They did spend a lot of money. They did go sign Seiya Suzuki, but they did it because they lost a lot. They took a lot of money off their books, right? So, right. Um, yeah, but you can't just expect them to spend it all in one offseason. No, no I, and I'm not, I'm not looking for them to spend it all in one offseason, but I think if you are a top three revenue-generating franchise, there's no reason why you should not. Oh, my God. Oh my God! Please, this is the worst. Please, oh my God! I yeah. Dom, hell! <laughs> I'm waiting to do this, but I'm going to kill myself. This is the worst. What the hell? And he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! This is so. This is not what we meant. Guys, I keep getting kicked out. I know. We're not kicking you out, we promise. We I promise. know we're not. I know you're not kicking me out. Yeah. I don't know. Is like I, hold on. What's like what's it say when Yeah. Does it just say I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I like the just, spelling of the name. D O M. I guess just pick up where you left off. It's it's weird because he's able to like somehow rejoin. Yeah. All right. Well. You there, Dom? No, probably not. <laughs> it sucks. We are just getting going. Ah, oh, this is the worst. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid anchor at, bro. <laughs> God damn it! Awful. Fuck you, anchor. <laughs> Oh no, Tatis got moved back. Oh my god. Holy hell. How long have we been looking forward to this? About three weeks now? Yeah. <laughs> Alright yes. guys, I have no idea. What's it say when it kicks you out? It's not saying anything. You're just randomly leaving? I'm not leaving, I'm just, I can't hear you guys anymore. All right, wait. Are you all right? When are you on? Are you, what device are you on? Cubs win. Me? Yeah. Well, I'm what? on my phone. Okay, Dom. What are you on? What device am I on? I'm on my phone now. All right. Maybe I should try my phone because I'm on my iPad. Maybe that's it. Why don't I don't? Know I have why, a question though. I don't know why. Why, that would be why can't I? Why can't I do this in the app? Why can't I do this in the actual Anchor app? It's not letting me. I don't know. Yeah, Because I'm not in it, maybe. Um, you can only host from the app. 
Yeah. You can only host from the app. Huh. Yeah. No. Man, I don't know, I don't don't know why it's so like long. that. But... We're spending more time talking about technical difficulties. <laughs> let me uh, let me try one more time. Oh, Give me a God. second. Hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. get out and then I'm right. gonna come back in. Okay. All right. Jesus. Holy hell! This is we were hearing course, a sign right there. Of course, it's like of course, right when we're doing like the biggest episode we've ever done. Of course. All right, Please. we'll see if this works. Okay. Okay. We'll see. I don't know. I can't guarantee it, though. Okay. Um, anyways, so that was basically my point about how payroll is only relative to the rest of the other teams, how you don't you, – you aren't necessarily blocking your top prospects if you're trying to be more competitive right now. Considering – all right, let's be honest, guys. Like, when do you see PCA coming up? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe like... 2024 Yeah. 2020, maybe 2024. I mean, he's in... Maybe 25. He's in uh, yeah, high right now, right? He's got yeah. a... You know, he's, what, 19, 20? Although you have to remember, Brennan Davis was there, and then he made like this huge jump. So He did make a huge jump, but he made like a... like catastrophic jump right he yeah went true, on... you can't count on that so i guess the realistic timeline would be like 24 or 25 so 20 let's say 25 right caleb killian he'll be here by he's already been here he'll be here by the end of the season he'll be here by deadline. august yeah he'll be here on august uh, 3rd brennan davis back surgery probably next year probably, probably doubtful for the rest of the year right yeah which is really mm-hmm. sad really sad all right who else do we have uh christian hernandez when's he coming up 25. 25. 25 for so, sure. Right. I think it's fair to say that the 24 to 26 range is when all when, of our big guys are going to be coming up. Well, Casey sure. could be up here in 24. Could be 24. Yeah, 24 to 26 range. Yeah. That's when. He's still in. Uh, he's still at high A. My point is this. So, right. We're all Cubs fans. Yes. Yeah. If you're the Cubs, if, if you're the Cubs, what are you going to tell your fans? What are you going to tell all the high-paying season ticket prices that are being doled out and paid for by your everyday Chicagoan? What are you supposed to tell them? Hey, guys, guess what? You have to wait until Christian Hernandez comes up in 2025. You're gonna have to wait until uh, I mean, PCA comes up I don't, in 2024. I would tell. There's them gonna nothing. be a few guys coming up before that. And they'll be progressively getting better. So. But, yes. but there's still lottery tickets in a sense, right? We don't know how they're going to be in the big leagues. I mean, think about yeah. all the guys who have come up. Just look at over the last three years, top prospects who have come up and absolutely flamed out. There's so many of them. And, I, again, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but it's like they're not proven commodities and they're yeah. not proven big league players. So. My point is, is that, okay, if you are going to punt on, if, if you're going to say we're not going to win a World Series till what? Can we all agree at least 2025? Yeah. Yes. 2025, right? All right, that's 2022. I had it as, well, three. I had him winning it in 26. All right, you have it winning at 26. So uh, yeah. at least three years, maybe four years. So are you I mean, that's better stop? than 108. No, I well, agree. that's not what we're talking about. That's just... No, no, no. no. I, I, yeah. And it might not be what you're talking about, but the reality of it is is that if you're going to go about it the way you're going about it right now, right, uh, one-year 
veteran free agents. You're going to play Jason Hayward every day in right field mostly. Well, they, I don't know what the hell they do with him. I don't know why they just hug on to him so much. It's okay. annoying. Because they're paying him so much. It's like you might as well. But, but does I'd it make, rather just pay him to not play. Just but but how about this, though? It, does it make sense to pay him? Does it make sense to, do, to go through with a double negative of paying him the salary that he's owed, but also yeah. having him take up the roster spot for – what you've talked about in the past, right? Blocking. Like, Jason Hayward is a specific yes, example he's a good of example. blocking. He's the best example. He's the best example. And and I'm not saying Clint Frazier is the, you know, next best thing in baseball. I'm not saying he's the second coming of Jesus Christ on the baseball field. But he is an example of the, the mistakes the Cubs are making right now, right? Like, there's no reason Jason Hayward should have been playing over Clint Frazier. And it I doesn't agree. matter if Clint Frazier That's... is going to be, be good or is a bust. It's just the fact that right now, considering I think everyone Hayward can agree. Is, yeah, Hayward is, a, is proven to be a bad player, and Frazier has shown some sparks in the last few years. Exactly. Well, Hayward hasn't been good since 2015. So. Exactly. So, 2018, yeah. So, so here's the point. Is is terrible. Unless, unless you guys – uh, here's the thing. Unless we're going to hit on every single prospect that comes up after 2023, right? Yeah. And unless you can guarantee that this team is going to be like world beaters like they were in 2015, 16, and 17, it's a very, very tough ask. And I would argue it's a very, very risky strategy to tank for consecutive seasons when you have the highest ticket prices and the most expensive fan experience um, and not follow up with any type of standard and any type of competitive level at the major league level. I think this it's, I, I think this it's is, faulty. This is, unrelated. this is unrelated. Do the Cubs really have higher ticket prices than the Dodgers? Uh, yes. Really? I believe that's this so, year, I believe surprising. this year, I believe this year the – Red Sox might have a higher ticket price, but I'm not 100% sure. If the Cubs aren't number one, they're oh. 100% number two. I As sent of last year, they were, for $30. Number, they, were, they were number one for sure. Okay. When you're wow. talking about ticket prices, concessions, beer, parking, just yeah. talking about the whole fan experience, uh, merchandise sales, all that type of stuff. Yes. It's expensive. Like, I, and my point is this, like, I mean, uh, I went to uh, Great American Ballpark, and their fan shop was much more expensive than the Cubs fan shop. Was it? I've been to both this year. Yes, okay. the jerseys there were like, like just normal replica jerseys, like two hundred and twenty dollars. Aren't they trying to like get money though? I mean, they're not exactly drawing a crowd. They well, aren't drawing a crowd. Have. Great American Ballpark is drawing a crowd. My, my, my point is this, is that um, the Cubs owe it to the fans that pay for these expensive tickets uh, to put a better product on the field. And it's not that I disagree with your point of, you know, developing new talent, trading away older players. I agree with that stuff. Like, I think Wilson Contreras deserves to at least discuss contract negotiations with Jed Hoyer. But yes. if they go on to trade him. I'm going to understand it. I get it. If they go on to oh, trading in half, who I'm a big fan of, I understand it. If they go on to trade Marcus Stroman, 
What do you I think? doubt. I doubt they're trading some. I mean, well, it's yeah. Stro- that's it, just an example, though. That's not. We're just listing people. But let's let's say if Strowman comes out after this, uh, you know, little uh, IL stint and pitches, you know, to a two point five ERA, five starts in a row. You're telling me Jed isn't going to go out and try to shop him? I mean, uh, I mean, well, okay. To your point, you when when did you say the Cubs are going to be? When do you think the Cubs are going to be legitimate World Series contenders? Twenty twenty World Series contenders, I think at this point is like twenty twenty five or twenty six. I think they'll be good again in twenty twenty four. All right, because I think we'll make moves. I I do think we will make moves in between now and then that will make the team better. And this division kind of sucks. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, you so, can do what the Twins did. The, you know, the Twins you know, are like when, mid, but they're at the top. So you know, when all the Brewers' big three come out of arbitration, they're not going to re-sign because the Brewers don't spend money. So that's one less Agreed. problem we're going to have in the future. I agree. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll sign one of them. Who knows? But I think I, I think for Strowman, if the Cubs aren't going to win a World Series in 2025, his Cubs career doesn't align with these prospects, and if. It doesn't align. You can make the same argument about Wilson Contreras. You can make the same argument about Ian Happ. You can make the same argument about Anthony Rizzo, obviously. Chris Bryant, Javier Baez. You so Darvish, why, right? Why do, we, why do we think we signed Stroman, then? Like, that's just a question to the... He's group. not... Like, there's guys that you sign that could potentially be traded, like Smiley and a couple other... Yeah, but uh, David Robinson, Marcus Stroman. I mean, we're paying this guy twenty three million dollars per yeah, year. Yeah, but he's but it. Besides the injuries this year, he's been a guy who takes the ball every fifth day. He's been very very consistent, and for yeah. twenty, you know, some odd million dollars, like that's that's pretty valuable, right? And right. I think Jed personally, well, he looked I mean, at that deal and said, "Why is Marcus down this year?" But say it again. He's been kind of up and down this year. He has been up and down. But let's say you get a, a let's say you get a normal Marcus Stroman, right? Three five ERA. Okay. He's gonna have around like a fifty eight ground ball percentage. He's probably gonna strike 58. out between. Damn. Yeah, he, I don't he's. Think, I don't he think he's ever reached that. I thought his highest was only like fifty last year. Well, maybe I'm misspeaking, but he gets a high ground ball rate, more or less. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Cubs haven't really gotten a lot of ground balls this year, though. But I think it could even out. As the year goes on. Point being, let's say you get a regular Marcus Stroman season. For 20-some-odd million dollars, it's a really good deal. And I think Jed saw an opportunity to sign him, get the fans excited, get them feeling better about themselves, but also acquire a trade piece uh, in the making for the future. Because I think everyone would agree. If you have a healthy Marcus Stroman for two years, uh, like $48, $44 million, that's not that much, right? Like, I think that's very, very reasonable for a competitive team that wants to win. And so that's why think, it's – Do we think we signed Stroman literally just because they're going to trade him at some point? Uh, I would not be surprised if that's the case. Yes, uh, I do believe that. Kind of a waste of time, but all right. Well, but – okay, but let's, let's say in your mind, though, is it a waste? I mean, the Cubs just had well, to pay – they well, then the you'd start complaining right? about how they don't have a high enough payroll then right no, after no, they trade I, their highest paid. I, I, I agree, though, about the – I'm, I'm saying with the payroll that the Cubs should spend. But my point is also this. If you go out and sign a 
player between a two to four year deal, right? Yep. That's a very reasonable contract for a team to take on. And let's say that player's doing well, but your team's doing really bad. Now, yeah. the only risk that you've taken on is the money. You and and if you want to trade them, now you've just gotten back the capital that everyone wants, which is cheap, affordable, young minor leaguers. Everyone wants that. It's the way you can yeah. keep your payroll down. It's the way you can be productive. It's the best way to keep your players on the field because younger I'm, players are normally the healthiest, so on and so forth. I've never heard you say you want to keep the payroll down, though. You want to? No, no. I'm saying it from an ownership standpoint. I'm supporting what you're saying. Okay. I want to keep the payroll high, but it's but it's alongside of like, hey, Kevin Gosman, like that's a deal that the Cubs should have gotten. Hey, um, I heard Rodon, like Gosman, they didn't want to add that extra year that the Blue Jays did. But do you think it was that's worth it to add the extra year? Well, I don't know. Those he hasn't played in twenty twenty four yet, so we'll never know. But he's dealing right now, isn't he? Yes, he is, but he's so not going to help us make it to the playoffs with the current roster. Yeah, well, you could say the same. I mean, you could go on it. You could go on and on about that. It's it, it's not about one player. It's about having an aggressive mindset to sign better players. And if the if the term is like, hey, we have to spend more money, well, so be it because it's just money. And the thing is, is that okay. if you have better players then you can then trade those players for prospects and develop your farm system like you all want to do. Okay, so the way you want it is like how the Phillies are doing it. They just go out and spend break bank every year just to finish 500. Yeah, one of those two. Okay, so all right. let's Let's say the Cubs, instead of, I think you can make reasonable, reasonable, um, arguments reasonable arguments to improve at least two starting pitcher spots that are being already taken up by older veterans correct i mean killian's going to be taking one of those spots soon so he... but is he going to do well? but and he hasn't yet right and he might come up for like how many starts do we think caleb killian's going to make this how year? many more starts I think he's definitely going to be here for – I think he's going to be in the rotation until the end of the year because I think they're just going to say, like, hey, I mean, you know, they're going to trade someone and they're going to have a bunch of roster spots open. So they'll say, you know what, the best way for Killian to develop this year might be to just stick him in the rotation and kind of do a baptism by fire he, thing like Justin Steele has done over the past few years, you know. Yeah, I agree. But I think we can all agree that there's that the, – the Cubs could have improved two starting – starting pitcher spots Wade Miley and Drew Smiley if you want to go to a six-man rotation fine there's been injuries all across baseball there's always going to be injuries into your starting staff you can never have enough starting pitchers I think that's very reasonable to say can we agree okay uh who would you want those guys my only question is how much better would that even make the team can I finish my point first yeah all right so then let's talk about the position players all right okay on the corners you have wisdom schwindel i like those guys but i can admit too that they're not you know world beaters they are journeymen minor league players who patrick wisdom has found a way to be somewhat valuable because he can play good defense and he can hit home runs frank schwindel can put the ball in play and uh you know kind of get hot but he's had a bad season 
I think we can both agree that you could at least get one legitimate player for either one first or third base. Can we agree on that? In a trade? I'm talking about free agency. Well, I You're honestly not giving don't up know. any prospects. It's simply cash. Yes. I think we can agree on that. All right, yeah. now the outfield. Any team can do that for any position that I they agree. wanted that, to. That, I know, and that's why I'm but, saying it's easy. So yeah. how about the outfield? How many how many at bats have we given Rafael Ortega, Jason Hayward? Ortega's I... Ortega's doing pretty decent though. I mean, you can't really dog on he's him. not. He's not doing that decent. I was there. He's not. He's not well, doing decent. He has like a one ten WRC plus so far this year. I mean, that's not bad, but I think there are there were plenty of other outfielders on the market that could have played a role. Let's just say one guy. You could have signed one outfielder that could have taken up the at-bats of Hayward and Ortega. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm just talking about four, like, legitimate big leaguers to help out your team. And even if you're saying that those legitimate big leaguers only get you two, uh, two or three wins above replacement in terms of fan graphs, that is exponentially elevating the productivity of your team compared to what we have it right now. Can't we There's agree not... that Seiya Suzuki was supposed to be that outfielder? Yes, but mm-hmm. as you can see, I mean, guys – Injuries happen. Like, guys yeah. go on the DL all the time. Yeah. If you even want to be somewhat competitive, you need to have a roster that's like 35 guys deep. Yeah. You yeah. need to. But or again, else you're just going to be in a many, situation like we are, are right now. How many three-win players do you think are going to sign three, three years, years two-year yeah. deals? I mean, those guys – Because most guys look, go out in three agency seasons, looking gonna for long-term three, contracts. I, I would argue that for a three-win player, probably like a four-year deal. Oh, boy. Three-year <laughs> deal? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. Let's actually, let's back up. Let's think of like a three-win player. Like just to use it as, as an example. Three-win player. All right. Um, uh, I, don't know, well, I don't even know where you would go to find Stroman, that. Stroman, I believe, had a three, around a three or – and he obviously was one that signed a three-year deal, but like, it's not the mindset of every guy. They're uh, not all just gonna come here to take two-year deals. Most guys going out there looking for long-term. For sure, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think, like, for instance, and I I don't mean to say it because it's like recency bias, but like. Okay, wait. Here are the players with three wins. This this is the 2022 season war leaders. Everyone with three wins is as follows. Like, all right, you have Jeremy Pena, Jose Ramirez. But that's half the season. So that's half the season. So go to like. Are you 2021 or 2022? If you're gonna do three wins, then go to like a a win and a half. Okay, wait. Here I went. I went to 21. Does that work? Okay, 21. Oh wow. Are you on Fangraphs or are you on Baseball Reference? I think. Wait a minute. I'm on ESPN. Go to Fangraphs. Okay, ESPN War had like oh, yeah, Wade Miley as a six-win player. What? Yeah. All right. 
I don't even know what they account theirs, but it's not good. Primary war. Uh, why is this? 50. Let's look at 50 people. <laughs> okay, three wins. Two. Oh, man. Happens, huh? All right, three win players. Uh, last year. Uh, Brandon Nemo, Harrison Bader, P. Alonzo, um, Luis Robert, Desi Swanson, um, Nick Castellanos, Vandal, Votto, Seeger. Seeger was a three win player. Uh, Betts, um, who else? Look. Look for three. Pollock, Taylor, Adonis, Miley, Suarez. Yeah. I think most of those guys are most be looking guys, for like a four to five, six year contract. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Mookie Betts. That's. He was a, yeah, he was like a three and a half win player. On Fangraphs? Yeah. So I think Fair you're looking enough. at like. At the top, at the ceiling, you're looking at Mookie Betts at the floor. I mean, we have a lot of good players here. We have, like, Luis Roberts. Uh, I didn't even know Bader was a three-year-old player. We have Alonzo, Nemo. I mean, are these guys really going to want a two- or three-year deal? I, I understand. My, my point is, and I will stand firm on this, my point is that if you look at the market, whether you want to go with a Chris Taylor in uh, Los Angeles, if you want to go with um, a few other big league, like legitimate big leaguers, we've already talked about Gosman, uh, a few others, Rodon, what have you. Like those guys could have helped the Chicago Cubs be I, much Yes, I, much I wanted more, us to get Rodon. I will say that. Much more formidable than get what they are right now. Yeah, and from that, I think it's very, very reasonable to say, listen, the Cubs could have spent another $40 million to add um, a handful of wins onto their team. And even if the Cubs were like, if you, if the Cubs were top eight or top six in payroll, you wouldn't hear a peep from me about it. But it's just the fact that when you're that far down and you're making that much money, it's very reasonable to say, hey, like, why aren't we investing in the team? Uh, and why aren't we putting the best product that we can on the field? Maybe not a World Series product, but a product that's worth watching compared to what we're watching right now. Hmm. Right, I, get, I get that. Yeah. So it's not like I don't think what I'm saying is a radical idea. And I don't I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I don't want to block prospects. But I also am saying this like. In the future, when you look at the golden era of Cubs baseball, I think there is a theme that is incredibly consistent throughout. Number one is we never – obviously, we didn't develop any pitching. That's a given. Number two, we um, were incredibly reliant on young players to take that next step 
and fill the holes that uh, were needed after Theo Epstein said, hey, the offense is broken, right? Well, if the offense is broken, I think internally they were like, all right, well, Ian Happ's going to take another step. Uh, Chris Bryant is going to develop. Javi isn't going to swing as as many sliders out of the zone. Um, You know, maybe Albert Almora can actually be a legitimate leadoff hitter, those types of things. And we saw how that fell short, right? Yeah, you know what I've always thought is that, you know how, like, the Dodgers seem to change Uh, their roster every year? Or, like, you know how the Braves didn't re-sign Freddie Freeman and instead signed Matt Olson? Yep. I thought, just this goes back, I always thought what they should have done is, like, after maybe 2018, I think they should have traded at least one of those guys and brought in someone new. Okay. Someone, hey guys. I don't, I don't. I don't know who. I just. I always thought. I just thought it grew stale. That was just hey, my opinion. Uh, I think that's what happened. Dom, can I ask you this? Yeah. Your whole thing is about being the director of morale. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't. It's not the biggest morale boost when you tweet things that seem to tear down the organization and criticize them for how they're being run. That's fine, and I I agree. But let's say this: Would So you you're gonna fire yourself? <laughs> what do you say? So you're gonna fire yourself then? No, I would say, would you, would you think I'm like a, and you probably, you might not think I'm a credible voice, but do you think anyone would take me any any sort of seriously if I said, hey, the Cubs are fine right now, even though we have one of the worst records in baseball, even no, though we have nobody says. No, nobody, nobody says, says that. that. I don't even say that. But when you look at, like, do you know who Steven is? Steven. No, I don't know who Steven is. Oh, well, actually, I actually think you guys would get along. Um, but anyway, there are there are Cub accounts on Twitter that, you know, they don't, you know, nobody could seriously say with this. Cubs are fine. You know, even though we have a terrible record and Jason Hayward is playing right field every day. No, we're fine, guys. It's fine. No one could seriously say that. However, I do think it would be a bigger morale boost and make people probably, you know, happier if there was more talk, maybe not about what the Cubs are doing wrong, but maybe what the Cubs are doing right. Like, you know, how, you know, I I don't know, just kind of what we've been talking about here. Yeah. And I, I think I do, I think I do a decent job of that talking, trying to tweet out when PCA hits a home run or when Kristen Hernandez hits a home run or when Caleb Killian, right. Or when, Christopher Morrell comes out and has a but great three weeks. Or you were also pretty harsh on the Cubs when they made those trades for those prospects that you're hyping up. Yeah. No, so... I think I think you're misunderstanding. I miss those players. Okay. I yeah. I think we all do, but I think I you're miss... kind of being excessive with it. Everybody, no, no, every no. Cubs fan misses all those players. So that so that and that's my point. I was just I tweet about it. I miss I miss you, Darvish. I miss yeah. Anthony Rizzo. I miss yes. Chris. Bryan. I miss Javier Bryce, Right? It's not. Right. It, but dogging on the Cubs and Jed Hoyer for making those trades isn't really. I don't you know what I'm trying to say. If I I do see what you're trying to say, but I can confidently say at the time, I never said like screw this. Jed Hoyer's an idiot for making these trades. No, I said you know what? It sucks that this is happening. I understand that it's happening. I wish the Cubs could have come to. You know, I, I wish they could have had better relationships between Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, 
Javier Baez, right? Like, just think of the bullets we dodged, though, after offering them those big extensions. I mean, I mean, like, that's a good point. It is a good point, but like, sure, I, I, I get it, and I'm not. I think, I think a lot of fans confuse me with like someone who's like taking a very binary approach to watching Cubs baseball. It's either like sign all the old school players or bust. I'm actually like, I just miss the old school players and I miss the former Cubs. And I think if there's times like, for instance, if Anthony Rizzo were to, uh, even though he declined the five-year $70 million offer, if he would have come back this year and like, you know, uh, took the whatever $36 million two-year deal that the Yankees gave him, like that's not a bad thing. And I would have hyped it up because I think it's fun to watch Anthony Rizzo as a Cub. You know what I mean? I, I so get Dom, that, but at the same you... time, I just think those ships have sailed. And like, if I'm gonna see them in a Cubs uniform again, I'd want it to be the last game of their career I get at it. Wrigley Field. I get it, but that's yeah. your but that's your opinion. And there's other people that yeah. have different opinions. You know what I mean? So yeah, I but think those I... are just it's the sentimental fans that just want to hold on to them forever. But and I think as Cubs fans, not have are, a good future. But right? you're sentimental about. Talk. We'll You're sentimental off, about a lot of things. And if, if Anthony Rizzo were to come back, of course I'm going to cheer him on. What am I going to say? No, I don't want him back. Well, no, no I don't I'm want just him. Like, like you said, that's your opinion. And exactly. I would just had mine. No, I get so, wait, it. I understand it. Can I ask this? Yeah. Let's say inevitably, when the Cubs trade Wilson Contreras, and I know you've been tweeting yeah. a lot about it over the past you know, few months and all that, and yep. in the offseason – Yep. Can you say with complete confidence that when the Cubs trade Wilson Contreras, you will say this is the right move? You you want me to say verbatim this is the correct move? No, but I thought that's what you said earlier in the podcast. You said that if they trade him, you'd understand it. I would or, understand or it. Or say something like that. Like, you know, Hold you on. understand why they did it. I will say I understand it, but I'm not going to definitely say it was the right move. I will say I understand it. I get why they would trade him. He's at the peak of his value. He's 30 years old. The Cubs probably aren't going to win for another three years. I get why they're doing it. Do I think it's the right move? Do I think there's value in bringing him uh, back? Do I think there's value in making him the, the true leader, the bridge from the old regime to the new regime? I would say so, but I also understand why they would trade him. He's got more value as a DH than as a catcher, though, because he's not a very good defensive catcher. He's not the best, but he's pretty decent. I mean, he's got a strong arm, and he can throw runners out, but when it comes down to, like, framing and stuff like that, he's bottom tier. I get it. I hear you. I mean, and that again, here's my thing with Wilson Contreras to uh, clear it up. My problem is this from Jed, and I know this. Uh, I know this to be a hundred percent true. Wilson Contreras, prior to the arbitration uh, negotiation and finalization of the 2022 contract, I know verbatim Jed has not reached out to either Wilson or his team to try to negotiate a contract extension. Well, do you agree that he really wants to do? I don't really think he wants to do it mid-season. Yeah, that's very distracting to a player. I know verbatim. I know for sure 
if Will Singatura, if Jed Hoyer called Will Singatura and said, hey, I want to talk about a contract contract extension, Will Singatura would say, let's negotiate. I okay. promise you, I'm not leading you astray here. I know. No, I, I believe you. It's just I don't think Hoyer wants to do that because that's yeah. probably extremely distracting. To but he didn't parties. do it during spring training either, though, right? Well, maybe he planned on trading him. Maybe they don't want to keep him. Oh, and and I guess that's my that's my overall point is that I think it's I think it's short sighted and naive to say, hey, you know what? We're not even going to talk to Wilson Contreras about a contract extension. We're just already making the assumption that uh, he has to be traded and he's going to be traded by the deadline. Maybe I they're think... trying to avoid another Anthony Rizzo situation where they you know they get into a contract extension and then it's like, well, you know. You know, it doesn't really fit in our plans. So, and you know, they're kind of like in this in between. They're you know, one foot in and one foot out. Maybe. Yeah. But going back to that specific story, I tweeted it out as soon as it as soon as Anthony Rizzo took the deal to the Yankees. I said, I cannot blame Jed and the Ricketts family for the deal that they made. It was a fair deal. Anthony didn't want to take it. He didn't see the direction here, and he moved on. I can side with jed and tom and also understand why mm. anthony did it i get it wow side with tom yeah that's i didn't expect to hear See, that I think, today i didn't expect I think to hear that you guys, i think you guys i think you guys need to go back into my past when i was tweeting about this team in 2015 16 17 like well, i was like the I was, number i was the I was like number one back then well, well let's just I, listen to what he has to say I was one of the I was one of Tom Ricketts biggest supporters. I I was the this is the guy that built Rick uh, uh, revamped and renovated Wrigley Field. He was the guy who put a lot of money into the team. He was the guy that built the new spring training facility, the new facility in the Dominican Republic, the, you know, totally changed the infrastructure, hired Theo Epstein, hired Jed Hoyer. Like it's not it's not the sense that the Ricketts family has done zero good. I just have seen over the last specifically four years, they didn't want to go over the luxury tax. Uh, well, they, they were over it for several years prior. They were in the luxury tax for two years, and it was the first tier of the luxury tax. And I no, think no, no, every... no, 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 no. They were over the luxury tax to the point where they were getting taxed, I think, 30% at some point. They had like a $220 million payroll in 2019 or something like that. They were up there. It was like they top were, I... five. I agree. And they it were doesn't up help there. with the COVID thing. That really took a hit. I agree. The they were up there. Back to back seasons where they were getting hit pretty hard. I, uh, from COVID to luxury tax. Uh, yes, but they also then would go out to sign to you know uh, fire you know hundreds of their employees, and they would go on to use the Chicago Cubs as collateral to try to. Uh, you know, invest in the Premier League soccer team. Like, it's not that the Riggins are out here super poor. Like, they've done strategic moves to invest in real estate and put up the new sports book and do all these things and put their money in other places besides currently now and over the last, well, it will be this year and then we'll see what happens next year instead of putting it on the field. I think every cup, can we agree on this? The Cubs should have acquired more position players after Theo Epstein said the offense is broken. They should have acquired more position players to supplement the, the roster more than Daniel Descalso. Yes. 
But yes, yeah. that's a problem. Yes, that's a problem is. when it doesn't happen. I have heard rumors though that perhaps the records lost faith in Theo Epstein. That's just what I, that's just rumors I heard. Just yeah, of I, course I remember... they, of course they lost faith in him. They yeah. didn't want they, they they saw what Theo was trying to do. They want he wanted to keep spending. He wanted to take this team to the moon. And what did the Ricketts family say? Hey, you know what? Like we're we're paying enough. We're good. We're we're gonna we're gonna kind of see what we have here. That's and the team's gonna fade away and we're gonna trade everybody off. And now we're at the point that we are now. No, I think they just didn't trust what Theo Epstein had done the year before, which is every free agent deal Epstein had made the winter prior essentially didn't work out that year. So I think maybe they just didn't trust him. They didn't trust him with the money or something like that. And the, But then that trust led to, you know, not adding in 2020 and then obviously not adding into 2021 and then obviously trading everyone away. And now we're at the point we are now. Yes. Yeah. But Theo Epstein left before 2020. I, I understand. My, my, my point with this, the, the final thing, because I actually do have to put my, my son to bed here in a moment. Um, my final thing is that I simply am holding the Chicago Cubs to the standard that they set for themselves. When they go out and say it's the Cubs way, or if they go out and say we have the revenue streams to be at the top of the NL Central payrolls, or – if we or or we should be competing for the NL Central every year, or we should, you know, put a product on the field that Cubs fans can be proud of. This is a new era in Cubs baseball, right? Yeah. You can't go out and then the next offseason be 15th in payroll. Granted, you all might want to disagree with me or have a team that is like, do we really think the Cubs are going to win over 75 games this year? Probably not. Probably not. They they might not even get to seventy. Oh God! If they don't get to seventy, they might not get this. to seventy. They have a yeah, sub four hundred uh, winning percentage right now. Yeah, they should at least get to. Well, this is like David Ross's third ten game losing streak. Yeah, it's bad. So my, that that's my point, and I think the it, it's the accountability falls somewhere and at the end of the day it's on the Ricketts family if the Ricketts family were to say hey guys we want to win next year we're going to go all in we don't care about the prospects we're buying the best team in baseball and we're going to go after it whether it's the right decision or not the Ricketts family will make that decision just like they made the decision this year by saying you know what like we don't think the team's going to be that good we're still years away we'll sign a few guys to kind of you know uh, you know, make things interesting, but we don't expect we we internally we don't expect to like really go anywhere, and we're gonna have the season that we are watching right now. Well, you said you trusted the Ricketts during the last rebuild. And... I did, I did, and I'm not saying I don't right now, but I think things have changed. Things have changed. Yeah, they've definitely changed. Yeah, I mean, no one's arguing been, that. But they've proven to. I mean, guys. <laughs> If you can go out and couple with Ken Griffin to try to buy uh, the new Premier Soccer team in whatever, what was the soccer team called again? Uh, the Chelsea Premier League. Chelsea FC. Yes, perfect. Thank you. If yeah. you have enough money to couple uh, funds with Ken Griffin to buy a four billion dollar soccer team, then you have enough money to uh, spend fifty more million dollars on the Chicago Cubs, or more than that. It, but- to- have you ever it's also some team, some players just, just don't want to. Do 
Like maybe I, he has the money. Maybe that just isn't his plan. I maybe that's just course, not what he wants to do. I know that's not what he wants to do. But the problem is, if he doesn't want to do that, you're going to have multiple seasons of bad baseball. Oh. Well, that's kind of how the retooling well, I mean, process works. That's what, that's what I mean. This kind of but, goes. This is a whole. This is a long discussion, but you know that kind of goes back to you know not developing internally. I mean, that's but, what happens. But they. But the thing is that I think. Again, this is why I brought it up in the past. You can develop internally right now. You can bring Caleb Killian up. You can bring Brent Davis up. You can bring PCA when he comes up. But you can still put legitimate big leaguers on the field right now to try to help them win. Okay. You can do I the mean, both. At, you can do the same at one time. Well, just trying to think about like the timeline. Yes. I mean, I'm thinking but about I'm again, thinking about not on long-term deals. Not. You could do one on. You could do one or two on long-term deals. You could do other on two to three-year deals. Okay, so yeah. Okay, so so I that that's that's well, my point. That's my point. It's like I think the Cubs are kind of cautious about long-term deals after that Hayward contract. I, I and I understand that, but like, here's the thing though. Like, Wrigley's always going to be packed. Last night the place was absolutely jam-packed. You still have season ticket. You have a hundred full list of season ticket holders that are willing to pay guaranteed money regardless of how the team's going to do for season tickets and i and that's the thing that that bugs me is that and i'm going to leave it at this and if you want to do another podcast i'm yeah, more than should. willing to come back on we should well you know what next time we if we when we do this again next time we'll have questions from people because i think that will help us yeah we uh that's we do q and a's at the end of each month or slash the beginning of each month. So maybe we can have you on um, then. That's totally fine. I'm more you. than happy to come. Point, and I'm going to leave it at this, is that the Chicago Cubs at the end of the day have hundreds, if not thousands of fans who are paying for season tickets. They were told this year that the Cubs were going to be competitive. We are not competitive and we have not spent like a competitive team. And well, I think the season ticket holder should be able to tell whether the team is going to be good or not. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I agree, just... but it's also like they were like Jed Hoyer went on record and said that we're going to have a good team. We're going to compete. We're going to try to get into the tournament. Tom Ricketts told Danny Rocket, like, we're going to have a good team next year. We're going to we're going to play well. And of course, that hasn't been the case. I understand. But you yeah, but you can't. <laughs> nobody like, can say did you otherwise. Did you I, want you want the owner of the team me, to say, "Oh, we're going to suck this year and win yes, seventy like, games." Yes, like you personally, when you heard those things, and then you looked at the roster, did you believe that that was going to be true? I thought the Cubs would spend more money than they did this offseason. Yes, I did. I we spent I did. plenty. I think if you have a top three revenue in baseball, like I've been saying the whole time, <laughs> you should spend more than being fifteenth in payroll. It's better than being 20th, what it could have been without – I mean, game. personally for me, I never, like, even with all that that they said before the season, spring training or whatever, I never thought the Cubs were going to the postseason this year or even coming close. I thought maybe they'd finish in third. I didn't think they'd be this bad, but I didn't think they were going to be that – I didn't think they were going to be good. Did you think they could get to 85 wins? No. Do you no. think they could get to 80 wins? No. Okay, then that's your opinion. I thought going before before the lockout, before everything, when Tom Ricketts goes on Marquee Network and talks to Cole Wright and says, we have the funds to spend 
money, and we have the funds to turn this thing around. Maybe not turn it around entirely, but turn it around enough to be more competitive than we are right now. I took that for face value. And if you want to say, hey. I mean, uh, that's up to you as a fan to whether you want to believe what he says or have your own opinion. But I think, can't we agree, though, if you're the leader of an organization, like fans should be able to trust what you're saying? No? I mean, yeah, but again, you can't just tell them the team is going to be terrible. I think think a lot of people, not just you, but like a lot of people, I think a lot of people – are maybe we're maybe got a little too comfortable with uh, the way Theo Epstein would do this because Epstein was very clear when he would tell the fans anything, and I think Jed Hoyer is a little different, and I don't really think he's going to tell us anything. To be quite honest, I think that's fair. I think that's fair, yeah, but it's right, also we can all agree that it's disingenuous, and he's not really telling the truth. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, he but... doesn't care. I, mean, I don't know. But uh, I, I guess that's my point. Is like, I uh, last thing because I actually need to put him to bed. Yeah, yeah. We'll let we'll let you go here in a minute. Um, when the Ricketts family at the Cubs convention in 2020, before the pandemic, goes out in front of the fans and says, "We want to have the best relationship with Cubs fans," and they announce the whole Mark Key thing. The key Ooh. term was relationship. Ooh. Boo. Yeah, you can boo Marquee all you want. I get yeah, it. I my my point my point is that your whole selling point was the term relationship. And if you're not honest and you're not telling the truth to fans and you're not going out of your way to try to be uh, realistic about what's going on, then that turns a lot of people off and it gets a lot of people pissed because – Many people are paying tens of thousands of dollars to view your product and a bad product. All right. Last thing I'll say is you don't have to pay $10,000. You could just cancel your season tickets. I know. I get it. But, like, it's what he, but as for season tickets work, for how season tickets work, it's like, hey, can you make, can you pay uh, the full installment in October? Can you pay it in November? Can we get it now? And if you don't pay, they're going to say, do you actually want these tickets? Because if you don't, then we're going to ask someone else and they're going to go down the list. Basically, what they've been doing over the last two years is asking everyone and really per per like socioeconomic status by saying like, hey, we see that you make X amount of money or we see you live in this certain area. So we're going to call you and try to um, solicit you on specific tickets and then get those people wrangled in to try to keep the money going. I personally think, and many Cubs fans think, that's disingenuous and kind of... Uh, that, that's just business, though. I mean, it's been that way for ever since business has been. I, All right, I, wait. All right, let's just... Dom needs to put his kid to sleep. I do think we should do this again. Yeah. We'll do it again. We'll yeah, do it we again. Just for sure. And know. we'll have a Q&A, too. You know, people can yeah, answer bring their all, questions. Bring all, your, uh, bring all the RBW gang on, and I'd be more than happy to talk to them. All right. Do yes. we have any... You can even have some dominions oh, have God. some questions for us. Yeah, bring on bring on all the crew, all the RBWs, and I'm more than happy to talk to them and answer any question they'd like. All right, sure. Sure, right. we can do that. Cool. All right, well, guys, thank you for joining. It was nice to be with you all, and let me know yeah. when you want to do this again. Yeah, all right, sorry for, for the sure. technical difficulties. No worries. Yep. yep. All right, all right I'll talk day. to you all later.
All right. All right. Goodbye. All right. Bye. See ya. All right, okay. So, uh, how how'd that go? <laughs> it's a lot more civil than I expected it to be. It was. I thought we should have uh, maybe had a plan. I thought his idea was good about the Q and A. We should definitely do that again. Yeah, we'll do that at. It's the so end much of the month. easier when this is like done in person and you can see everyone's hand gestures because, and you know, people talking and whatnot because we kept cutting each other off. Yeah. So, you know. But no, this was a good. This was a good first episode. We'll we'll do this again definitely. This is a good idea. And then I don't I don't know about this whole idea about having uh, other people join. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have people ask questions. Yeah, invent like, like look into that whole like look into that whole live radio thing like or you know the yes, I don't know, we will look into Spotify. Like, uh, yeah, I like a live. Like, you know how they have Instagram and they have it, like, you know, you can ask questions during the yeah. whole thing? Yeah. Uh, like, they're, I hope they're, you know, look in if they have that, because that could be really useful. Oh, maybe just do the Twitter space, to be honest. Yeah, we could do that. But that will end this episode, and, yeah, stay tuned out for Dom again within the yes. next couple weeks. And... Well, that was fun, but we'll sign off now. See you later. See you later.